Hey everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Mindset Podcast. I'm honestly so grateful that you're subscribed to my podcast and I'm excited to share yet another episode with you. This podcast, as you know, is all about bringing servant leaders to share their stories and life experiences with you all in the hopes to help more people to find their true purpose and meaning to life. Today I have an amazing guest. I'm literally so excited to share his wisdom with you all. His name is Casanova Brooks and he is an award-winning author, high-energy keynote speaker and entrepreneur. Through his battles with adversity in many stages of his life, including stage 4 lymphoma cancer, to losing his mother, job and home in a matter of a couple of weeks, even with having very limited resources. Casanova learned to develop a bulletproof mindset and build meaningful relationships to thrive and succeed in life and business. From producing 46 deals and $8 million in his revenue from his first year in real estate to now owning multiple businesses and having proven his ability to overcome challenges and win. Casanova now focuses on empowering others to focus on developing their mindset and sharpen their relationship skills to thrive in life and business. In this episode, Casanova shares so much wisdom around how to build more meaningful relationships and serve others in order for us to be surrounding ourselves with winners and uplifting positive people. So without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Hey Casanova, I'm super grateful to have you on the Purposeful Mindset podcast. Man, I'm so honoured and humbled to be having this conversation with you right now. And honestly speaking, I connected with you very recently and your story blew me away. Like I resonated with so much of like what you what you went through you know, as a child, through you know all the struggles and the the, the kind of adversity that you faced. Man, I, I just want to I just want to shut up in this episode and I really want to kind of get you to share with my listeners your story and then we'll kind of take it from there. I definitely want to touch on relationship building, confidence, you know, obviously you also being a speaker now, I really want to connect on that level as well because I know it's going to really add value to the listeners. But um, can I start by you just introducing yourself to, to my listeners and kind of just sharing your story because I honestly blew my mind. Yeah, well, first off, I'll say thank you for having me on. I'm very, very excited and looking forward to this episode. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Casanova Brooks. I am a real estate expert. I'm also um, a father. I'm a husband. I'm a friend. But most importantly, I'm a relationship builder. So when a lot of people ask and they learn about my story, I always say that, you know, we all go through different storms. For me, I've been able to, you know, overcome really three storms thus far in life. And obviously I'm not that old. So, you know, who knows how many more storms there are, but it was my mindset that helped me to get through it. When we talk about where did I really start from, which is where a lot of people want to know. I'm originally from South side of Chicago. Um, I was raised inner city, Chicago. I was raised in a single parent household by my mom. And my mom was always, as she would say, robbing Peter to pay Paul. So she was trying to do everything that she could for me. My dad was never in my life. I'm the only child on my mom's side. But last I knew, I had 13 brothers and sisters on my dad's side. So a lot of them. But my dad never did anything to bridge the gap for us. So I didn't really have a relationship with any of them. Growing up, my grandma, she kind of stepped in to be the father figure in my life. So she helped my mom to raise me. So I was raised by two strong, independent women. And that was very, very fortunate on my part. 
Um, I went through my first storm when I was, I would say about seven years old, eight years old. I had two other best friends. We were like the three amigos, the three musketeers. We did everything together. So a lot of the time, especially in the summertime, we would always go to this beach that was by our house, which was connected to Lake Michigan and Chicago. Um, But we would go to this beach. And so for whatever reason, one morning, it was a Sunday morning, they came over and they said, hey, we're about to go to the beach. Do you want to come? And for, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I said, hey, you know what, this time I'm going to sit it out. I just don't want to go to the beach. And so they're like, okay, well, about three to four hours later, their moms come and knocked on um, my parents' door and they're like, hey, you know, do you know where the boys are? Is Cass with them? And my mom's like, no, he's actually in his room. They come in and uh, they say, hey, do you know where the boys are? I say, hey, they went to the beach. I just decided not to go. Okay, well, a couple hours later, it comes to find out that they both drowned at the pier on that beach. And and so I don't know what the circumstances was on the reason why, you know, they drowned. But of course, I do know that I didn't go and I would have been right there with them. You know, it's pretty safe to say because we did everything together and we influenced each other heavily. So that was kind of the first time that I noticed that, wow, I, I somehow I escaped what could have been my demise. Right. And then so... From that point on, as I'm growing up in Chicago, just as you see on the news and everything else, I was surrounded and I was kind of raised at this time by drugs, gangs, and violence, right? Like that was really all I saw when I came out. My parents, of course, had me in school and I was going to school. But when I came home, that was the things that I was seeing. And I was fortunate enough in that, that I never really got caught up in it, even though it was at my face every single day. And I think that had a lot to do with my mom you know, and, and the relationships that she had with the other, you know, gang members in the community to say, hey, just try to keep Cass away from this as much as possible. Because I do remember still growing up and people would say, hey, Cass, you got to get up off of this corner right now. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because we see some people that are not familiar to this territory and we don't know what's going to go on, but I need you to get up off of this corner right now. And so that was a big, big deal because that probably saved my life a couple of different times when you think about gangs and, and drive-by shooting and things like that. So around the age of about 12 years old, 13 years old, at the end of my sixth grade year, my grandma, she had gotten word that a lot of my family was migrating to a town in Iowa called Sioux City. And so my grandma basically makes the decision within two weeks that her and I are going to go hop on a Greyhound bus, take the trip, which is eight and a half hours away to Sioux City, Iowa to check it out. We go, we do that for a weekend, we come back, Next thing I know, less than two months later, all of my stuff is being packed and we're going uh, packed into a U-Haul van and we're moving to Sioux City, Iowa. So huge culture change for me, right? Because Sioux City has about 80,000 people at this time. And I come from the big city of Chicago where nobody looked like me or everybody looked like me. So in Sioux City, no one looked like me. So that was a big culture change, but I was very blessed at that time. And why is because it gave me the opportunity of exposure. So what did that mean? That meant that I had to be able to figure out how to build relationships with other people who did not look like me and who didn't have the same mindset as me and didn't have the same upbringing as me. And so then that was kind of where I first got my first stint of like, okay, I'm going to really get out here. And I got to build relationships with other people. So I'm going through high school now at this time. And, and this was at the end of my sixth grade, seventh grade year. So I stayed there in Sioux City. Now I'm going through high school at this time and, and everything's going well. I'm very popular. I'm playing basketball, football, track. Things are, my life is good as a teenage boy, right? You know, and my, my parents are still working. Mommy and grandma's still raising me. But at this time at the 
start of my sophomore year, I hit my second storm and I football season had just gotten over and now we're going into basketball season and I find myself having a hard time breathing. So I tell my buddies and they're like, Hey, you know, it's probably just because you left football early, you know, and you're out of conditioning, you're out of shape. So that's probably what it is. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So I go home and my mom started to know a difference from me over the next couple of days because I was taking lots of naps and she's like, Hey, what's up with you? And I'm like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm really tired. I'm having a hard time breathing. And me growing up, I never had the chicken pox, the measles, the flu. I never had any of that. So I was always a very healthy boy. So she's like, okay, well, if this keeps persisting over the next day or two, you know, we're going to go to the doctor. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So it did persist. Next thing I know, we're going to the emergency room. And, and um, I remember them saying, hey, you know what? We're going to do some testing since it has to do with your chest and your breathing. And we'll let you know. And so for me, again, I was always ignorant to a lot of things. Like my parents never owned anything or I didn't know a lot about things. So I'm thinking that I'm going to get like, uh, a sponge bath and I'm going to get ice cream. I'm going to have some really good looking nurses. This is going to be great. Then I'll be out back on my way, you know, whatever it is. Well, then I remember the doctors coming in at around, you know, 1 a.m. in the morning saying, hey, you know, we have some public transportation coming and, and they're going to, you know, take you to the University of Iowa, which is about five hours away from where we were living. And my parents and my mom and grandma are like, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Like, why, why? And then they're like, well, we don't really know for sure, but we think it might be serious. And they're like, well, talk to us. Like, what does that mean? And they're like, well, we think he might have cancer. And my mom and grandma, I just remember my grandma having an outburst. I'm like, whoa. And, and no one really, at least for me, I didn't really understand what that really meant, like the cancer, the C word. So then the, you know, they did wind up taking us to University of Iowa. And that's where it comes out that I do have cancer, stage four. So it's all throughout my body, lymphoma cancer. And the doctors had told my parents that if I would have waited just two more weeks, I could have died. And so that was like, whoa. And so I stayed in the hospital for about 45 days. I went through chemotherapy to start of it, port in my chest. It was connected to my jugular vein. So all these different things that as a 15-year-old boy, it's, it's life-changing, mm-hmm. right? I never had to experience any of this. So I go through that for 45 days. I come back and then I start my two years of, you know, uh, chemotherapy treatments and everything else to then be coming to remission, um, which happened at 17 years old. And and then um, ever since then, you know, God, you know, I've been blessed enough that God has not brought that back into my life and and uh, I've been cancer free. So that's been a great, you know, part of my journey. And then, you know, five years ago, I kind of went through probably my biggest storm at this time. And, and at this point, I had lost my mom, my job and my home all within a matter of a week's time, really the matter of about two weeks, it was all gone. And so at that time, I, I had nothing. I was at rock bottom. I did have my wife, and I had uh, my son and I had my grandma who was still here. So, of course, I had to figure out a way to be able to navigate this storm. Um, but that was probably the most trying time in my life. And keep in mind that I had no degree. Um, I lost my biggest supporter and my mom. And our only home that we had under contract at that time, we were looking to buy. And, and then that was gone, too. So I had to figure it out. But nine months later, um, I, I did do 46 deals and $8 million in volume in my first year in real estate state where I had no prior knowledge. And that's kind of where my trajectory of entrepreneur, business owner, um, now owning multiple businesses and everything else kind of took off from. That's just like, a, that's like so much you take in, but so inspiring. The fact that 
the one thing I just took away from your story is like that resilience and just that perseverance, that that mindset that you had of, I don't care what happens in my life, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to, like, I, you, you knew that you had a deeper sense of purpose, right? You knew that you had to go and make it happen, especially, I'm guessing, when you lost your mom, you must have been like, shit, like, you know, uh, holy crap. Like, the, the one person that I was the closest to that gave me, like, the most amount of energy to go out into my life and do what I love, she's gone. Suddenly, it just disappears. And that must have been like a real shock. I mean, so I, just a question for you, actually. At that time where you lost all of those three things you just mentioned, what, what, like, what, what was going on in your mind? Like, did you feel like, did you just feel like giving everything up? Like, did you feel like, you know what, this, like, life sucks, you know, like, I just don't want to do nothing no more. Like, what was going on in your head? Yeah, absolutely. And so I would tell you, just like I tell everyone, what was huge for me to keep going was to understand that I had three other people who were depending on me. So I couldn't wallow, you know, in my own sorrows, right? This was very much because I would have wanted. So yeah, one thing I always tell everybody is because I knew that I had three other people that were dependent on me, I had to keep going with it. Like, I'll be honest and tell you, when I first got done with cancer at 17, I I remember telling my mom and grandma, if it ever came back, I was going out comfort care style, right? Like I was not going to go through it again because it was so not only physically draining, but mentally draining on me. So obviously now that I had kids and I had a wife and things like that, if it was to ever come back, I would have to go through it. But at that time where I lost everything, it felt like I was just it felt like, why was I so cursed, right? Everything that had continued to keep happening to me, but I couldn't allow myself to just sit there because the more that I, the more that I didn't take any action, the more that I stayed still, that was going to allow me to keep thinking. And then I was going to keep like, I guess, digging a deeper hole for myself mentally, yeah. which was going to never get me ahead in life, nor was it going to help anybody else who was still depending on me. So for me, I looked at it and I said, okay, I knew that the one thing that I could control still about my life was my own effort, right? And on top of that, I'll be honest that on my side, not even behind me, but on my side, I had a great partner, which is now my wife, but I've been with her for you know so long. But she saw me through it because at that time, not only was she supporting me financially, but now she was supporting me emotionally as well. Right. Because I was trying to I was just in a transition of so many things in life. So, yes, did I want to give up every single day, at least for that first week. But then at the same time, I was looking at, OK, my wife, like you either got a man up or you or you got to, you know, in a sense, you got to quit. And I knew that quitting was never an option. So I had to man up. I had to just get some things in motion. It's just kind of like it's like, let, let's see, I would guess what I would equate it to riding a bike right? The longer that you, if you're first trying to learn how to ride a bike, the one thing that you have to do is you have to get the pedals moving because the more that you just think about it, you're never going to be able to get to where you want to be. So for me, that was really what it was. I looked at those around me who were still depending on me and I understood that I just had to get one pedal moving and then get the other pedal moving as well. So would you say like your, like your, your partner, your wife and your kids are like now the reason why you're still, you still have that drive and you're still like, you know, crushing it and you're still going after those, those long-term goals that you have. Would you say that's, that's like your, your driving force every day? Yeah, absolutely. And the reason why I would say that is because 
early on, like for me, I've always been in a sense, a a big dreamer and I've always been an an entrepreneur and I've always been more risky. And so my wife early on, I've been with my wife now for going on 18 years. We've been married for six and obviously I'm not that old. So I always (laughs) tell people I've been with her longer than I've not been with her. So she saw early on where it looked like that I was very risky. I never was very stable in the sense of just having one job or having one direction, which meant I was going to go to school. I was going to get a degree. I, I never was that person. I was always from a out from an outwards perspective. It looked like, uh, like it's, are you sure you're willing to bet it all on him? And she knew early on that her love for me and that she was going to bet it all on me. So yes, I knew that that had to be my why on top of that. For me, just being transparent as well, um, go, when anybody goes through chemotherapy, of course, it kills off the bad cells. But then on top of that, it also winds up killing off your good cells. So my wife and I, we did struggle with infertility because of the fact that I went through two years of chemo. And so now we have two, two kids, eight-year-old boy and a two-year-old daughter right now. And both of them came naturally for us. There was a lot of process that went along with that, like trying artificial insemination and just being, again, transparent. There's a lot of process that came with that. But it took us two years on both of our children to have them, and they both came naturally. Wow. So for me, understanding that I had to keep going is because I've been given the greatest opportunity in life. And that's the opportunity to keep going because it could have been over for me three times already. And, you know, every time that I continue to wake up, I understand that some people, they check out whether it's physically that they absolutely can't go anymore, whether it was voluntary or involuntarily, most of the time involuntarily. What that means is if you get into a car accident and maybe you're paralyzed or some type of a disease that starts to eat away, or if it's voluntarily where people just quit on themselves, as in their dreams, as in their job, as in their family, or even you know the worst case scenario. So the fact that every single day I get up and I have a mindset of growth, I have a mindset to build another relationship, I have a mindset of creating you know a bigger business or inspiring someone else, same as you, I think that we all got to look at that and say, listen, we have the greatest opportunity in this world and it's the opportunity to keep going. And so I think that that definitely factors in with it as well of why I go so hard. I understand that right now, internally, I know that my motor runs at hundred miles an hour. Right. And I know that someday it might not, whether it runs at 80, 70 or whatever. And so I never want to look back on on these days and say, man, I wish I would have just given it that much more. Right. Because that's the regret that I'll have then. And I know that the one thing I can't get back is time. So that's another reason why, you know, altogether, I just choose to go so hard every day and I choose to make sure that I can live, you know, a life by my design or at least try to live a life by my design. Love that, bro. Like that's it's, it. Just give it's like literally giving me goosebumps just listening to. You. But honestly, like it's it's so. I love the fact that you're just so transparent and and vulnerable and just so open and honest. I think so many people nowadays are struggling to just be honest, like just to be open, just to accept themselves. I put out a video today talking about for me the number one kind of rule to my life is a first first thing. I think every single person listening should do is just accept who you are. Just accept how you are, who you are, for who you are. Because after, we, after we've done that one step, I truly believe that's when you gain confidence. That's when you start taking action. That's when you go onto that bicycle and you start taking those steps. But for someone listening now, Casanova, that's kind of, let's say they're struggling in the head. Like, let's say they're stuck. Okay? And like, let's just say like they're mentally 
and physically, they just, they can't take the step. They're really struggling to take the one step towards their passion, their purpose, a business idea, something they really want to do in their life. What advice would you give that person that really just really wants it bad, but is just scared and has that fear to just take that step? Yeah, I would say that to really think about why you were created. You were created for a purpose, whatever this purpose is, right? And I'm not saying that it is create a six-figure business or seven-figure business, but you were created for a purpose and you were surrounded by the people who you were surrounded by for a purpose. And so the reason why for me, when I look at these things and I said, here's, a, here's something, I'm a huge, huge Jay-Z fan. I don't know if you listen to any hip-hop music, but I'm sure you've probably at least heard of Jay-Z. Heard, yeah, of course, artist. Yeah. Yep. So um, he says this one thing. He says, because for me, growing up without a, a father, this, there are so many things that I've continued to still have to navigate. Right. And he says, he says, you had no father. You had the armor, but you got a daughter. Got to get softer. Right. And so what does that mean for me? When I first heard that, I understood that I didn't grow up with a father. So I did have to develop my own armor. I did not grow up with the fact that um, I had a lot of softness, even though with, I had women. Right. But at the same time, I was very, very closed off um, in, in the early stages. And so for me, having a daughter now, understanding that me growing up as an only child, I didn't have to share anything with anyone. Right. I didn't. I, everything was my own rules. Everything was when I wanted to be around people. When I didn't, it was all me. But now I have a family who depends on me, who wants my time, who wants to get their inspiration and their smiles from me and who looks for me to give them guidance. So, again, you have to get softer. You have to understand that where you are right now. Here's another saying that I say. And because if anybody's right now that's thinking like, listen, I do. I am struggling to take that next step. But I didn't come from business. I didn't come from a loving family. So I don't know how to go after a business or I don't know how to love my own family. Here's the thing that I'll say, you know, this is a saying that I heard and this was probably about six to eight months ago, but it really hit me and struck a chord with me. And now it's become one of my principles that if I didn't come from a wealthy family, that a wealthy family must come from me. And in that wealthy thing, could the, the word wealthy could be replaced with anything. So if I didn't come from a loving family, a loving family must come from me, right? If I didn't come from a happy family, a happy family must come from me. Because we got to understand that, especially if you have a family or anyone that will come after you, think of life like a track race. In a sense, it is a four by four. And so anybody that doesn't understand what a four by four is, it's basically 400 meters. And so that's one time around the track, right? Well, understand that once you do your lap, somebody else is going to be waiting for you to hand them that baton, right? And if you think about it, if that person's waiting, they got their hand out and they're ready to take off. If you get to the finish line and you have nothing to hand off and you consider yourself the strong one, right? You've been the one that's mentally been able to keep going thus far in life. You've been the one that's listening to a podcast like this, or you're watching YouTube videos that can allow you to think bigger and create more. So you are the strong one. 
So what happens once you get to the end of your lap and you have nothing to hand off? Well, now that next person that's coming behind you, they have they now have to make a decision. They have to hop out of the race, try to go find that baton or or that asset or that mindset to be able to keep going. Or even worse, they never even hop back in because they didn't feel like that they were the strong ones. So it's on you right now to really think about what is the things, what is the reason why I was created? What do I want out of my life? Right. If I want a business, okay, it might not come this year. It might not come next year. But can I get the tangibles and can I surround myself around other people who already have businesses? Because I promise you, if you're hanging around enough business owners, if you're hanging around enough influencers on YouTube or TikTok or whatever it is, they obviously have some type of a formula or a method of how they've gotten the success that they had. So if that's what you aspire to have, if you aspire to read, you know, a hundred books in a year, I guarantee if you've talk to someone who's read a hundred books in a year and they can tell you what their formula looks like, you'll be on that journey for you to be able to do it. So there's a reason why you have the thoughts that you have. There's a reason why you have the community that you have. And if you say to yourself, okay, well, I don't have that community right now. Think about it right now. Your future is brighter than ever. And Mm -hmm. so what does that mean? Think about Facebook groups, right? Think about YouTube channels. There's something, no matter what you're interested in, there's a YouTube channel, there's a podcast, there's a Facebook group out there that you can tap into and you can find somebody that's maybe just a couple steps ahead. Let me repeat that. Find somebody that's just a couple steps ahead. Because if you go out and you try to go find Tony Robbins, yes, that's great. And he is, you know, an inspiration to us all. But it's very hard for you to connect with him. And it's very hard for you to feel like you can give him value. So find somebody that's just a step or two ahead of you on your journey, connect with that person and try to add value to that person and try to be able to extract as much value as you can from that person. And so that's what I think. You have to first, you know, understand that your experience and things that you already have been gifted with. And when you think about, because I always ask people, and this is a great question. So that's why I get so deep into it of how do you get started? And I ask people this on my podcast all the time as well. But I think the first thing that I've learned is you have to identify what your gift is. And so when you say, well, how do I do that? Think about what comes easy for you and harder for others. Mm. What is your gift? What comes easy for you and harder for others? So what does that mean? For some people, it's just having a conversation. Right. It's like I can go into any room. I can have a conversation with anybody. I'm a chameleon. I can adapt to any situation for other people. They're like, oh, my God, being in a room of 300 people just freaks me out. Right. So understand that that might not be your unfair advantage, but it might be you have very good organizational skills. Right. You have a little bit of OCD. Sometimes people are trying to be like, oh, I got OCD. But that's so great because think about it in the world today where everything's moving so fast and you need to build relationships. The other thing you need to make sure that you do is follow up. Mm. And for somebody else that's moving super fast, their follow up skills are not that great. Right. Even in the world of having a podcast, you have to follow up. You need tools, you need resources, you need people that can help you. So things don't slip through the cracks. So you, you might be that organizational person. You might be that support person that can help someone else out. 
And you might be the artistic person. You might not understand how people really work, but your art, your, your art and your mindset on these things is so great. So you might love like video and audio creation. And you might love to make, you know, montages and clips and things like that, that it's just like, wow, you're a storyteller. And it might not be your own story. You love to help other people tell their stories. So figure out what is your gift? What are people already saying? Wow. And thank you for it in the same sentence. Right. And if you could figure out how to do that, more of that, you can add value to someone else. If you might say, OK, well, I don't really know my gift. My gift is just listening. Right. I don't I don't know like what I can do. I don't know what my talent is. Right. I just like to listen. OK, well, what else do you love? I love coffee. Right. I love to listen to stories and I love coffee. OK, well, then I would argue to say, what does Ellen do? Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> right. What does Oprah do? What do people who have talk shows do? That's what they do. So understand that there is a place for you and there's a purpose for you. But first off, figure out what your gift is and then try to move more in that direction. So powerful because I think, uh, especially like what you said, Casanova, like the, uh, not, especially nowadays in the world that we're living in where everything's moving so fast and social media and there's so much content, there's so much happening in the world that people really are confused. They really, like they do have, I, I, like nobody has a passion. They have passions. I truly believe that we all do have more, like more than one thing that we that we love. But I always tell people to focus on no more than two things at, at one time. Try obviously try your best to focus at that at one thing a hundred percent. But I think some people obviously are a bit more faster at learning or faster at implementing, so they can focus on two things at one time. Anything above two things, if you're trying to do too many things, like a lot of my friends right now are. I'm like, dude, you need to calm down. Like, you need to relax. I know you love this, and I know you love this, and I know you love this. But you know what? Prioritize your life around the two things that you, that are the most important to you right now. Not two years or three years or four years from now. What are the one, what are the two things that you really want to achieve this year? Now, in the next six months, two months, you know, week. To, coming on to kind of that that aspect of. Um, like having lots of passions and, and getting confused in a world where it's such fast paced. How does, how does someone listening right now actually build relationships with people? Cause that's something that you are really good at. Right. And that's something I believe that I've become really good at now having a podcast, doing a lot of social media stuff, uh, most of it by myself. And I've just gained, like I've just learned to gain trust from people because I don't expect anything in return. I follow people like David Meltzer, like Gary Vee, where they are always talking about, give other people value, provide them things, help them in something that they're looking for, and they'll automatically want to help you. They'll, they'll, they'll be like, Sadiq, the, Sadiq's done this for me. So they kind of feel like they want to help you. Not because they have to, just because they want to. It's, the, it's a feeling, it's an emotion. And so what would you say to someone that's listening now and they, they struggle to build relationships? How can they start? Yeah, well, I, I definitely, I thought you brought up a good point on the last one. And I'm going to answer that question, but... I want to tap into, you know, they're, they're going to at three to four different things. And how do they focus on one or two things? Well, here's the thing. Just like you said, we all have multiple passions. And I think the first thing, just like you said, is to prioritize. But here's what I'll tell you. The reason why so many people struggle with this is because they don't understand the power of leveraging. And this will segue back into how do you build relationships, you know, more meaningful relationships at that. But the thing that you have to understand is for a lot of us, when we decide we want to go after one of these passions, the thing is our mindset 
it's always on being a solopreneur. So what does that mean? We have to do everything ourselves. And so it's very tough because when you see someone like a Gary Vee or a David Meltzer or Tony Robbins or any of these other people, understand that they have big teams around them. Even when we talk about Jeff Bezos, right? Jeff Bezos is great, but he has a big team around him. He's not the person that's doing any of the marketing or the boxing or the shipping or the negotiating. He's not. So understand, again, it comes back to understanding what is your strength? What is your gift? Because for you, you might be the salesperson, but you might not be good at the back end thing. You might be the front, but you might not be, again, the the person who can write out the story, right? And so understand what is your strength. And if you can build a team, if you can leverage those people around you, I think that allows you to go even further faster because that's where people struggle at. And I was the same way. I'll tell you, for, for me, I understood early on, a lot of people come to me for real estate advice, because obviously I've been able to build a, a, a pretty big business in real estate in a short amount of time. But here's the thing. For me, I early, I heard something very early on, and it said, if you do not have an assistant, you are the assistant. Right. And so I was like, wow, like that, that's crazy because we all want to be like the guy or the gal. Right. (laughs) But yet we're doing all of these eight to $10 an hour jobs and we are the assistant and we're frustrated because we're like, man, but I want to do this. But now you're trying to do two things and you're still only one person. So even if you're trying to get, you know, you can go fast by yourself, but you can go further with the team. So it's understanding who are the people that already have the strengths. And that allows me to build this thing a lot faster and also be able to build multiple things. Because if you look at, again, a a Gary Vee, Gary Vee has four or five different businesses, right? That we even see on the forefront. Exactly. Right. Gainer, Vayner Media, Vayner Speaker, all these different things. But Gary Vee is not the person who are running those businesses. Yeah. Right. He is the brand that helps to empower those and helps to fuel them. But he's not the person that's running those. So if you have multiple passions, if you want to talk about multiple different things, you have to prioritize first, but even still build a team around this one thing first. And then branch out and maybe you have two teams or maybe those people, but now you're leveraging. You would rather get 1% of 100 people, right, to to be able to work that route than try to get 100% of one person. So the power is always in leveraging and building teams, regardless if you're building a business, if you're building a real estate team, it doesn't matter what it is. Right. So that's that's very powerful. We got connected through David Meltzer, but really through Todd, who was a part of his team and who is a part of his team. So understand that that's always where the power is, what I would tell people. And then so to get to your your next question, which is how do you build more meaningful relationships? How do you build relationships? I think the first thing is understanding that the power is in helping someone else. So if you think about this, a lot of the times we we start out and we want to be entrepreneurs, but we're solopreneurs and we're building our foundation. Right. So it's all about me, 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 because I want to build my foundation. But to understand for you to have a long lasting success, right, in anything, it doesn't matter if it's real estate business, whatever it is, you have to be able to help someone else and you have to be able to create success for that person. So what does that mean? That means that when I first come to a networking event with you, right, and I see you and we get into a conversation, I have to be so intentional about finding out what is a problem that you have. That means that I can't be instantly trying to tell you, here's what I do, yeah. right? I have to say, 
and and so here's something else that I learned early on in my relationship building is don't ask people what do they do. Mm-hmm. Ask them what are they passionate about. Yeah. Right. What are you passionate about? Because if I ask you what you do and right now you're in a transition where you don't have a job. Now, all of a sudden, I put you in a state where your head's down. You're not really confident in telling me that or you have a job that you kind of hate. Right now, you're like, "Mm, well, I, I work here. But if I ask you, what are you passionate about? What do you love doing? That's a totally different question. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, I, I love animals. Okay, well, now yeah. can I find a way to connect with you on that? Oh, great. And they're like, well, yep, I volunteer. Ask them, okay, well, what boards do you serve on? That's a different question that you don't see at a networking event. No. Hey, I, you know, you're there, you're professional. Hey, do you serve on any boards? If that's the first question, like, oh, what is that? Well, I'll just ask because I always love to know what people are passionate about. I know for me, I serve on a board called the Angels Among Us, and it helps families who are dealing with pediatric cancer. And so we help to fund those families while any children is going through the stint of that. And it's normally between 12 to 36 months. Now people are like, oh, well, you know, I sit on the board for the, um, the Humane Society, right? Or whatever else it might be. Oh, great. I also have a, a Cavachon, a Bashan mixed with the King Charles. It's a little 14 pound dog. Oh, okay. Now we found some common connectors, yep. right? I have to find some way to connect with you. So ask you what you're passionate about. Then ask you, you know, well, if you tell me you own a business, oh, how's that going? What's one of the challenges that you had? I didn't know. I don't know too much about that business. You know, whether you say that you're in a winery or whatever. Oh, that's great. So you get so many people coming in. So I I get that part. And I love wine as well. What's one of the challenges that you've had? You say you've been open for how long? Oh, we've just gotten open about, you know, six months ago. Okay, so that's probably why you're here networking, things like, yeah, trying to get the name out there. Boom. Okay, so now you're you're trying to figure out how you can get more people through your door. I it's have to be listening. present, right? It's also being like present because if you like, like, just to kind of add on to what you're saying, like if you if you missed that part that they re- responded to your question, then you wouldn't have found that second connection, right? You wouldn't have gone to that second, the next question. So I just wanted to add that because that's so powerful. Yes, absolutely. So understanding I'm coming there and I have an intent. My intent is not to tell you all about me, right? That comes on the back end. People don't care how much you know right? Or even what you do, people care how much you care. So if you ask them questions that are more, you know, stimulating them and showing interest in them, because everyone likes to talk about themselves. The challenge is how do you be the second, it's like in sales, right? The first person to speak loses. Loses, So you have to win that game of, yeah, 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 we'll get, even here's something else I've learned. Like this is a formula that I learned from one of my mentors. And so anytime I'm on a coffee or a lunch, the first thing I'm thinking of when we first sit down is T-M-A-Y, tell me about yourself, right? That's the first thing that I got to think. So tell me about yourself. Get people before, because if I go into talking about me, who knows where that might go? And I never uncover what their pain points are, what their passions are. Right. So, so teammate, that's first thing that I'm thinking. And then what's going to happen naturally, they're going to get to talk and talk and talk. And if you show genuine interest, right. in them genuine interest after a while, they're going to say, I feel like I've been talking about myself forever. So tell me about you. Boom. Now you've opened it up right now. You can gear where that conversation goes. So now you've built great conversation through this one hour networking or however else. Now here's what you do on the back end. They've already told you, hopefully, a couple pain points that they had. 
Now, if you are a connector, which you should be, and you've been building so many relationships throughout your years, now if they say, you know, let's say, let's throw it off the wall and say that they say they're working on a home project, just making small conversation because somebody brings up their spouse and let's say it's a, a gentleman and, and he says, yeah, the wife's been on me. I got to do some, some painting in the house. She's been on me for the last couple of months. You know, it's just, I don't have time. I'm trying to build this business, everything else. So you just hear that. You don't have to say it at the time. Oh yeah, 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 I know. And and you you try to meet them where they are. Yep, I remember. I just tried to do some painting last summer in my house. It took me forever to do it. So now you're building more rapport. You understand where they're coming from. So now after you're done with that, think about this. If you are the connector that you should be, no matter if you're in sales or not, this is what you do. Hopefully you've gotten their contact information. If you know a painter, if you know whoever it is, in this case, it's a painter. Now what you do is you connect that painter with that person and you say, hey, I just met George today at a networking event, da 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 It was great conversation. George, I wanted to connect you with my buddy Sadiq. Sadiq is a painter. He has his own painting business. He's affordable. He's accountable. And I absolutely love him. I figured hopefully maybe it might be an opportunity for you all to meet each other and potentially even do business together. Let me know if there's any other way that I can help. Boom. That's all you had to do was send that. Now you've given value to Sadiq the painter and you've also given value to George. And George is like, wow, how many people have ever done this for me? And maybe it goes nowhere, but at least you tried to add value to him, yeah. right? So the next time he sees you, hey, I, maybe he used them. I just want you to know that it was a great experience. So that's the way that I think that you build more meaningful relationships. First, you have to go in with the intent of being very aware Right. And you have to go in with the intent of learning about someone else, not trying to spew all over them about what it is that you do. Because, again, the way that you're going to be able to really create long lasting success is by being as helpful to as many other people as you can in this world. 100 percent. Oh, man, I love that. And it just reminded me of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, because. Yeah. That's the, book Carnegie. That, that's the book that really changed my life, man. Like, that's the one that I learned almost everything about my my um, journey in you know building relationships with the people that I get to connect with now majority of the things I learned other than some of the mentors that I followed um, came from that book and it was just all almost everything you just shared man like listen it was basically listen more shut up talk less get as much you know show as much genuine interest in them ask open-ended questions and basically they like you said man like they just feel like wow I feel like I've known you my whole life only because you sat there quietly and you were a good listener. Right. People just right. find that connect. That can, because nobody in someone's life at the moment right now, most people that are listening even right now, right? Nobody in your life listens to something that you want to say. Right. Right. And, and when you have an opportunity to talk, you talk until the cow come home, right? You would, you would just say everything and suddenly everything's out and you just feel like a release of this amazing energy just come out because you just feel like, Wow. Casanova just sat there and I love this guy, man. Like he just listened to all the crap I needed to say. Absolutely. I needed someone and to say he it. tried to help me solve a couple of the problems as well. Exactly. And so, yeah, that's absolutely, that's what, that's what it's been for me. Understanding that you have to meet people where they are. And when you meet people where they are, we all want to feel a sense of belonging. We all want to feel a sense of community. And so when you can meet somebody that has an instant connection with you because that person listened and they tried to find ways to connect with you, that's a big thing as well. Sometimes we just don't try to find ways to connect with other people, but yeah. when 
when you do that, it's so powerful. You can get anything that you want when you connect with other people. hundred percent, man. And, and I can tell you from like first time, man, like I just, the last two years, like genuinely like last two years, I started like over five years ago, but I mean the last two years, as I seriously started like wanting to change my life and wanting to go into the speaking career and wanting to leave my job. And like, this is when I, I've just been networking and going to events and just meeting as many people as I can. And, and, on, and now, honestly, now just recently it's paying off so much because now people are building my website. People are doing editing for me. People are wanting to build my logo. And I'm like, I need help with something on Instagram. There's someone on Instagram like, hey, Sadiq, I can make a cartoon of you. I was like, damn, let's do it, man. Like, I've, I've been listening. I've been trying to look for someone that does, you know, that has a creative kind of mindset and that can draw. And I was like, I really want to make some quotes or some really simple, inspiring messages for others to kind of connect with through my content. And I need a pick. I need someone to draw me in a cartoon right. version. And there was someone there called Multi Passionista who I've been connected with for like the last five years. And she's like, Sadiq, I'll do it. That's, a, that's an amazing challenge for me because I've never drawn a person before. I draw other things, not people. Right. I, was like, I was like, if you're open to it, let me know how much you're going to charge. And, I'll, and you know, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to, um, to, to set this up. She's like, Sadiq, are you crazy? Like the amount of value, the amount of content, the amount that you've helped me in the last five years, you're not going to pay me nothing. Like, I'm going to do this for you, man. Like, you're just right. such a good guy. I, I'm going to do this from, from the bottom of my heart. And that's what those connections that I've had now, the, the meaningful, genuine relationships I connect, I never take anything from people. I just want to be the giver and ask right. once to, for them to share something. Absolutely. I would, I would a thousand percent agree. The more that you can help someone else, the more that you'll have long lasting success. And so that's how I've always tried to build, you know, my relationships around and, and just, again, being a friend, I think that that doesn't get enough recognition of just having empathy, right? Being a friend, trying to meet people where they are. 100%, man. I love it. So we're going to run out of time. And I genuinely like, I, I'm, I'm cautious that I don't run over um, your time, especially. So I'm just going to jump straight into the last bit of my podcast where I ask four questions to the guest. And it's literally the first answer that comes to your head. Is that, is that cool? Yeah, I'll go with me. All right, cool. Awesome. So the first one I have for you particularly is when you, what do you hear? Where, what comes to your mind when you hear the word excuses? Opportunity. Opportunity. Okay. What can I, can you, could you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. And the reason why I say that is because for everyone that's going to make an excuse, there's two ways that I think about this. One, if I'm making the excuse, I'm passing up on an opportunity. And so there's something else that I learned from a mentor of mine. And it said, you know, think about a poor person. When I think about poor, poor is not talking about money, because if you don't have any money, that just means you're broke, right? And you can always get more money. But poor stands for passing over opportunities repeatedly, Wow. right? Passing over opportunities repeatedly. So we always are faced with opportunities. There's opportunity everywhere. No matter what you want to do, there's an opportunity to go to a networking event or something. And we make excuses on it, right? Of why we can't go. Whether we don't have the money, it's not how can I get the money? It's, ah, I'm sorry, I don't have the money, right? So we make excuses all day long. And so we're passing over the opportunities, which is what keeps us in our same state, you know, three months from now, six months from now, one year from now. But then on the other side, I look at it and it's just like one man's trash is another man's treasure. 
right? Of course, we say this a lot when it's coming to like referencing women or something like that. But just think about it in general. The reason why, how many ideas have we had in our lifetime that we didn't act on? They were like, man, that was my idea, <laughs> right? Like a TikTok or something. Like yeah. I'm sure there's a thousand people out there yeah. that has been like, oh my God, I thought of TikTok five years ago. Right. But they never acted on it. And some person went out there, saw the opportunity, didn't make the excuses of why they couldn't do it. And now they have a social media platform that's blowing up. And some people were even saying it will overtake Instagram in the next two years. Yeah. Right. So that's that's what's crazy. So that's why I think opportunity, you're either going to be the person that capitalizes on it. Right. Or you're going to be the person who who sees it go by. But when hard work meets opportunity, it looks a lot like luck. That's what I always say. So you have to be willing to put in the work and eventually you will be faced with an opportunity. And in the beginning, people will ask you why you're doing it. But in the end, they'll ask you how you did it. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's just like so juicy. That, that last bit was like, I love it, man. That was, that was amazing. Um, so the second question I got for you, Cass, is what one video or movie or documentary have you ever seen that you want all the listeners to go and check it out because it had some kind of a positive impact in your life? Wow. There's so many, uh, so many. The first one that came to my mind, though, again, I don't want to say that this is the greatest, but I would say the first one that came to my mind was Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Oh, yeah, I love it. Uh, it was a phenomenal movie, right? And and for me, I'm very, very close to my son. That is my heart. I'm very tough on him, um, but that is my best friend. He is my CJ. He's named after me. So if you go to my Instagram, things like that, you will see him. I love him. And it reminds me of that part where he's like, listen, you got a dream. Don't you ever let anybody tell you you can't complete your dream. Not me, not anybody else. You can do anything in this world that you want to do. And so that was why it first came to my mind. I pictured, you know, Will Smith with his son. And uh, that, that, that would be the first one, The Pursuit of Happiness. I love that. That's, that is really a, really a great film. So if anyone hasn't seen that, make sure you guys go and check that out. Because it really is, it has a lot, that film really does have a lot of lessons that I even I took away from it. So definitely check yeah. that out. Um, the third question for you, Cass, is what one book now would you recommend? I know there's going to be probably thousands that you, that you would recommend, but which one would you like kind of really nail down on that really had a massive impact on, on your mindset, on some, something to do with relationship building, I don't know, real, real estate, business, something that's really, really had an impact? Yeah, so I listen to a lot of books, um, a lot of books on audibles. And, I, and again, I think of a lot of, there's a lot of great ones. Um, the one that I would say, especially for the purpose of, of your audience, I would say it is the ultimate library of Jim Rohn. So I'm a huge Jim Rohn fan. Me too, bro. <laughs> yes, huge, huge Jim Rohn fan. And, and he's definitely the GOAT. Um, but I would say the ultimate library of Jim Rohn because you're going to get so many of the top nuggets. And uh, I mean, he has a lot of great things, right? The power of ambition, all these other ones. But I felt like be able to get that ultimate library and he yeah. has so many things uh, in there that I could just rattle off right now. But yeah, so the ultimate library of Jim Rohn it's by Night and, um, Dale Nightingale, I think is what it is, like the Nightingale series. Mm. Um, but yes, the ultimate library of Jim Rohn is what just, I would Just say. to quickly add to that, what's, what would be, what's your, like, from the top of your head, what's the, your favorite quote from Jim Rohn? 
Um, well, for me, I'm a very, very passionate person, right? I okay. always try to think that I could persuade or, or I try to get my point across all the time. Like yeah. growing up, I used to think that I was going to be a lawyer because I always debated and things like yeah. that. And, and I would always, I would get frustrated, especially early on in my business days of wondering why people would not take the action that I would. And so Jim Rohn said, he says, um, there's a clip that I always play for any of my friends. And he said, you know, understand that you can't change everybody. And he says, uh, he said, when I was growing up, I used to want to wish that everybody would be successful. He said, I used to say, um, I'm going to change these people, even if it kills me. And he's like, I almost died. Right? <laughs> and the and way he know, said that, right? I almost died. <laughs> right? He said, I, I remember I'm saying, I'm going to change these people, even if it kills me. I almost died. Right? <laughs> and so it's understanding that he, what did he say? He says, you can't, um, you can't get apples from a pear tree. Yeah. Right. Like you got to understand that your journey, people are going to come into your life for in different seasons for different reasons. But you have to stay committed to your destination. Not necessarily do you need to love the journey because it will change and it's a gruesome journey. Right. But if you stay married and committed to the destination and understanding that you're on your journey for a reason, they have their journey for a reason. You have your journey for a reason. Stay on your path. Stay on your journey. And when you make it to your destination, it's going to feel like sunset for you. Love it, man. That's, that's so cool. So that you you mentioned Jim Rohn, and now I'm just so happy and so yeah. excited because he was one of the first people I started listening to when I first started my personal growth journey. And it's your accent, man. His accent, his, the way he talks. Oh yeah, so memorable. So it's all about memorable. your philosophy. Yeah, right? for me, you know, for me, the one thing I took away from him, like that, has really impected me was that quote where he says, "For things to change, you have to change. For things to, to get change. better." you have to get better. And that's what I've been working on my whole, the last six years is just bettering myself, helping people, serving them. How can I help? How can I help without wanting anything in return? Because I just know that the more people I can help in my life, the more abundance I'll just get long-term. Right. I would agree. Absolutely. I'm glad we got the connection on Jim Rohn. I'm, uh, I wish I could have met him. Me too. Same thing. Yeah. It would have definitely been a conference that I would have been at. 100%. I, yeah, it would have been definitely something I would have went to. Um, but now the closest, I guess, is like Tony Robbins because he actually mentored Tony Robbins, right? Right. And and yeah. a lot of the big gurus that we follow now on social media, like he mentored a lot of them. Absolutely. So Rohn, yes. Guys, have to go and connect with Jim Rohn, man. The ultimate library is what Cass recommended. So the last mm. question, really quick, Cass. It's actually, this might not be quick because this one's always the deepest one. But if you can spend a few hours to learn from someone's wisdom, whether they're dead or alive... Who would that one person be and why? Wow. Um, it's a great, great question. I want to say it would be Dale Carnegie. Okay. Um, Dale Carnegie is, I think, actually how you say it. And, and that's the author of How to Win Friends and Influence People. And the reason being is because some people said that at his time of being alive, he was the richest man. And on top of that, obviously, he had all the tangibles of how exactly you build relationships and you can turn that into results, which can be anything that you want, whether it's money, whether it's business, whether it's impact or whatever it is. So I think that that, that would be the person, Dale Carnegie, um, the, the author of How to Win Friends and Influence People. I just felt like he was so wise before his time and his principles still live true today. So I've, I know that obviously I've been able to benefit from a lot from it and you as well. And that's probably part of the reason why the energy aligned with us from the start and how we even got aligned to be on this show. So I would say Dale Carnegie. 
Love that, man. Honestly, bro, I'm I'm super grateful that we got connected through Todd and through to David Meltzer. And uh, hopefully, if there's any way that I can ever be of service to you, please just just please just let me know. Okay, no, we're all good. We're all good. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, as I was saying, like I'm I'm just grateful, man. If I can ever like be of service to you, um, please let me know. And how can everyone listening now reach out reach out to you? Um, which platforms do you live on the most, and how can they reach out to you for any kind of guidance, help, real estate advice, anything like that? Yeah, so the platform that I live on the most is Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn pretty heavy as well. I'm on every social media platform with just my name, Casanova Brooks. Um, I do have my podcast where people are really able to connect with me. I love to be able to shine spotlights on other guests that ask questions. And that's at the Dream Nation podcast. Dream Nation is one word. I love um, the name. The Dream way. Nation podcast. And um, yeah, and like I said, I'm always pretty accessible. I'm very friendly. So if you ever have any questions or anything that I can ever do to serve, you let me know. Awesome. Well, bro, I'm not going to waste no more of your time. Thank you so much, honestly, from the bottom of my heart um, for being on the Purposeful Mindset podcast with me and for taking this time out to share your wisdom and your experience with everyone. Thanks a lot, bro. And take care of yourself. Hopefully I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, absolutely. And here's one other thing for anybody who stays listening. I do have a a free lead magnet uh, that if you go to dreamnationpodcast.com, you can sign up for it there. And it's a free and it teaches people that my 10 steps to being able to build meaningful relationships. So it goes a lot deeper than, you know, what we shared today on the show. But if you want that, um, I'll make sure you have a link for it as well. Um, But yeah, so it's it's a free lead magnet. it's dreamnationpodcast.com. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll look that up. If you send me the link, um, Cass, I'll hook that up and I'll share that with everyone. But again, thanks for everything, bro. Thanks, thanks for sharing your time and, and your wisdom and your energy with everyone listening. And uh, hopefully, I know for sure they got a lot of value from this episode. Um, and I'm looking forward to staying in touch with you, man. I can't wait to, to help you and, and to be of service to you however I can. So let me know. Absolutely. We'll definitely stay in touch, my man. I appreciate you. And um, yeah, I look forward to to hearing the feedback when this show comes out. Awesome. 100%. I'll, I'll keep you posted, man. <laughs> All right, buddy. So much, man. All right, buddy. Take care, man. You as well. All right. Bye. Bye. If you're still there, I just want to say a massive thank you for your attention and your time. It really means a lot to me. Please do me one favor and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and leave a rating on whichever platform you're listening to this. It would honestly mean the world to me. Thank you so much once again. I hope that this episode brought value and inspiration into your life and I'll see you guys next week.